very briefly. We pray in the name of Jesus. You are the giver of life. You are the giver of truth. We pray, O oh God, that that which you have planned for us to hear this afternoon, that word for everyone, that word in season, O oh God, use me as a vessel, O oh God, this afternoon, that the glory will be yours, O oh God, and the blessing will be ours. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Welcome to church again. It's so wonderful to see everyone. Um, it's so wonderful um, to hear all the wonderful testimonies of what God is doing in our lives. Hallelujah. I have so many testimonies myself, and I'll try to put them all in in the, in the course of the sermon. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. There's a lot happening this month of October. Um, I think on the um, October 1st, a few days ago, Nigeria celebrated uh, 61st Independence. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. It's also the Black History Month. Hallelujah. It's also an opportunity for us to celebrate the huge history, the huge culture, um, the huge impact that men, women uh, in the past, even currently and in the future, the impact that they've made in our life, whether being from black ethnic minority, BME, um, from every culture, from every land, from every country. Um, so even in your own spare time this month, celebrate history, hallelujah. And as a church, we stand to celebrate this culture and even from the testimonies and that which God is already doing, um, that even seated here, uh, brothers and sisters whom God will use to make even maximum impact in this generation. And I pray that the Lord will give us the strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, it's our month of double honor. Hallelujah. Um, the anchor scripture is from Isaiah 61 verse 7. And um, in the course of the month, there will be lots of series coming up um, for us. And I, I pray that each and every one of us will key into what God is doing this month in Jesus' name. I want to welcome our guests as well, if you're joining us for the first time. Uh, services on the, the first Sunday of the month is always a bit different um, because it's our Thanksgiving service. Amen. So we we'll, we'll stay a bit longer in church. So please do bear with us. Hallelujah. And, and this morning I will be um, bringing the word very briefly on uh, living a life of double honor living a life of double honor, and I will be reading from Isaiah chapter 61, um, the anchor scripture there is Isaiah 61, 6 to 7, a um, few scriptures we'll read and then we'll go into the word, um, Second Kings chapter 2, uh, verse 9 to 10, um, it's a very popular story in the Bible, and it came to pass when we had gone over, that Elijah said unto Elijah, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he, Elijah said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Hallelujah. Very hard indeed. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken from thee, it will be unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Amen. And they're going into the um, anchor text that will be focusing this month um, actually, I just want to read from the verse 6. And he said, And you will be called the priest of the Lord. You will be named the ministers of our God. Hallelujah. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Amen. Verse 7, 
Um, instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. Hallelujah. So you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours in the name of Jesus. And I pray this morning that um, independent of the seasons that you are in your life, that this word of the Lord uh, will come true for you in the name of Jesus. That the Lord will show off, he will show forth his hand of blessing. Uh, the Bible says with God, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. Uh, it may have taken time. Um, the doctors, um, the practitioners may have called it different names. But so long God is involved, nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. And when next will call for testimonies, you will be the first in line to share the testimony of that which God is doing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Perhaps you're already saying, I'm already enjoying all the blessings of God. I'm at the prime of my life. Uh, there is even greater more. Hallelujah. There is much more that God wants to do for you. There is much more that God wants to do through you. Hallelujah. And I pray that that will be your portion and my portion in Jesus' name. Amen. So living a life of a double honor, um, some translations will um, use the, 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 the phrase double portion. Uh, some translations will use the phrase uh, double honor. And as you scheme or search through the Bible, um, there are key instances where the, the, the phrase double honor was used. Um, for example, we read in Second uh, Kings um, this encounter between Elijah and Elisha. Uh, we read in Isaiah, again, God's word coming through the prophet Isaiah um, to the people of Israel of what he was about to do that is going to bring double portion to them. Uh, but I thought I'd start this afternoon by actually picking from Zechariah chapter 9, uh, verse 12. Um, again, for those who know the history of Israel, uh, the prophet Zechariah was writing at a time where um, Israel has gone through this huge oppression. I mean, they've been taken into slavery, they lost everything. I mean, uh, fathers separated from their children, um, husbands separated from their families, wives separated from the home. Uh, they lost literally everything. And as they were returning back, they were returning to a land that was desolate. They were returning to a land. Um, it's as if you've lived lots of years in a country and then all of a sudden somebody hits the reset button and you've had to start again. Um, you had to think of getting a house again, you have to think of learning everything again. And, but the word of the Lord came to Zechariah and it was so strong and it says, um, return to a stronghold, you prisoners who have hope. Today I declare that I will restore double honor to you. Amen. And the first thing that struck me here is these are people who've been fighting a lot of wars. These are people who've been going through a lot of struggles. These are people who've lost almost everything. Uh, but the word of God was not referring to the people as the prisoners of war. Rather, it was referring to them as prisoners of hope. Hallelujah. Hope. And I think that is key when we start looking at receiving the double portion from the Lord. Because life itself is about perspective. Hallelujah. We may be going through the same challenge. We may be going through the same road, we may be driving the same car, we may have the same letter of disappointment, but 
It's not about the content of the letter. It's not about what happens to us. It's how we see what happened to us. In other words, it's about our reaction. Which lenses are we looking at life situations? Because life will always happen. Hallelujah. Challenges will come, but the perspective, the way we see life will define the next step that we take. And the word of the Lord was saying, you are not prisoners of your past. You are not prisoners of your mistake. You are not prisoners of your trouble. No, you are a prisoner of hope. In other words, where you are or where you are coming from is just temporary. Hallelujah. There is a better tomorrow. So your perspective, the way you look at life, the way you react to life should be not from the lenses of what people are saying, not from the lenses of the history or the custom. No, it should be from the lenses of God. You should see life's problems through the lenses of God. How does God see this situation? If Jesus was in my shoe, even though this may be pressing me, even though this may be, the, I mean, so lots of anguish and pain, but there is hope for tomorrow, hallelujah. There is hope because why? It's not because I have the strength to change my situation, but the one whom I believe in, the one who is my maker, is more than able in the twinkle of an eye Change my life around. Hallelujah. And our life, therefore, should not be about, oh, we are prisoners because of mistakes of yesteryear. Our attitude should be that of hope. Hallelujah. Hope that God is able to do exceedingly and above all that we can ask or think. Hope that our circumstances is but temporary. Hope that we may be going through this tunnel. But the Bible says, weeping may endure, but for a night, joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. You know, during the week, we had a letter, um, myself and my, my wife, uh, that we've had our indefinite stay. That's after 12 years in this country. So, I mean, we were driving, I was telling her, when I came to this country, I had a one-year visa. Amen. And when you are on a one-year visa, it's like, I, I often say that your name is treated with pencil. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but my attitude then, even as a student, was that God who has brought me here, and I still have it in my diary, that which grace provides, grace will sustain. Hallelujah. It could have taken me or kept me in my home country, but for some reason, just like it did to Abraham, he said, leave your homeland, leave your country, and go to the land that I will show you. How am I going to survive? How will I survive my family? How will it be when the permutation and the arithmetic, you don't need to know. All you have to do is just listen to the instruction of God. Hallelujah. It may take longer. At times, it may take even years. But at some point, the testimony is sure. Hallelujah. It's about perspective. And that perspective will be, will, will be better from the place of hope. You know, myself, just like my sister, um, um, during the summer I lost my dad. And um, the most painful experience that anyone can go through is to lose someone that is so, so close to you. We wept. We cried. But after that, there was a different perspective. And the anchor was from 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 13. 
that we don't weep like those that are on land, but we weep from a place of understanding that there is hope. Hallelujah. And once that season, I mean, the pain is there. The physical space that he has left behind will be there. That role of a spiritual head, of a mentor, of a provider is there. We miss that. But we will, we will mourn from a place of understanding. And when I was going to Nigeria, talking to my siblings, that when it comes to the funeral, we are not going to weep, but we'll celebrate the legacy and life of this man. It's about perspective. Hallelujah. So whatever you may be going through, in your eyes, it may be the end of the world. But what is that situation in the eyes of God? In the eyes of God, it's only a start. And just like our sister was saying, we are all but going through this life journey. We become better. Hallelujah. You know, in the course of the week, I applied for something and I got a no. And as I was thinking about the no, I was saying, even the yes that you had a few weeks ago, they were all accumulations of several no's that you've had in the past. Hallelujah. It's about perspective. And I pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Um, I read something during the week about, um, I think it was um, Ruth Graham, um, the wife of Billy Graham. And she said, if God, try to remember the words now, if God has answered all my prayers in the past, I would have married the wrong man so many times. And that is deep. And the truth is, most times there are so many things we pray for. I would like, God, why is the answer not coming forth? Just trust God and trust the process. Hallelujah. And the truth is, the reason at times why we are not grateful, the reason at times why it looks as if there is more ingratitude than gratefulness in our heart is because we see life not mapping out as we hoped it will. Even though God is seeing our life as a success. But gratitude comes when we understand that things are the way they are because that is how God has shaped them. That God can never mismanage our life. He can never mismanage our destiny. Hallelujah. No matter how, no matter when, just trust God and have that ample hope in God that God is able to do it. Has he said it? Is there a word of prophecy concerning your life? Because we are all sons and daughters of prophecies. God will come to pass. He will do it for you. He will do it for me in the name of Jesus. He is a God of hope. Hallelujah. And First Peter 1 verse 3 said, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom in his great mercy has given us this new bed, this new life, this new reality, into a living hope. I like the word living hope. Hallelujah. Uh, for those who have heard me so many times, I like the word living as a matter of fact, when we give birth to our daughter, I mean, like every other parent, we are like, what are we going to name her? What are we going to name her? We say, well, let's hear from God. And the only word that was coming forth was life. Life. Zoe. Zoe. The life that comes from God. It's not inactive. It's not passive. No, it's about living. It's a living hope. A hope that comes from the place of God. A hope that comes from the Spirit. A hope that comes from the understanding of the Scripture. That I look at my life and I'm like, yes, I have hope for a better tomorrow. Not from the place of inunderstanding. No, it's from the place of the understanding that comes from the word of God. 
The hope we are talking about is having that absolute confidence in God that God has the power to do something good in our life, but not just doing something good in our life, but that thing that God is about to do will produce change that will transform us from where we are to where God wants us to be. And in turn as well, we use that change to be a blessing to so many people around us. Hallelujah. And I pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. So I'm talking about the living hope. The hope that has power is a hope that produces changes in life. And there was a quote I saw that says, Hope is the ability to hear the music of the future, whereas faith is the courage to dance to it today. Hallelujah. What are we dancing to today? What do you see? What are you seeing about your life? What are you seeing about tomorrow? What are you seeing? The, the way you approach life, the way you, I mean, interact with people, the way you go about your business, is it from the place of hope? Or is it from the place of past mistakes or past challenges? But God is saying, let today put that anchor, that focus, let it be on God. Do not fix your eyes on the riches or the temporary things or temporary issues of life. But let your confidence, let your speech, let everything that you do, let your reaction, the way you react to people, the way you react to failure, the way you react to even mistakes that you make, let it be from the place of the perspective and the giver of, of life, which is God. And the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So like I said, this month will be laying a good foundation on this sort of double portion. And the first thing that actually struck me when I started looking at the scripture uh, briefly last night was, why double portion? Have we seen this before? And, and when you read Deuteronomy uh, 21 verse 17, um, the word of God says, But he shall acknowledge the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he has. For he is the beginning of his strength. To him belongs the right of the firstborn. Hallelujah. You know, the um, custom of the Jewish people, um, which is the, the Israelites, um, that was where we started seeing this use of double portion because it's what you give to the firstborn. In other words, you have a, a father, whether the father is about to die or is, is departing, and if you want to share his inheritance or you want to share his belongings, uh, say for example, he has a couple of children and he's giving them uh, one pound each, when it comes to the firstborn, the firstborn no, normally gets double of what is given to others. In other words, the firstborn will get two pounds. Hallelujah. It's not double of everything that the man has. So for example, if the man has 10 pounds, double of that is 20 pounds. Well, he, does, he hasn't got 20 pounds. Hallelujah. But it is double of whatever everybody is getting. He or she, remember his firstborn. So it's not that, oh, it has to be a male child or a female. No, the firstborn. The firstborn get double of that, of that amount. But how does this relate to us? When you look at the Bible, and there's a couple of scriptures there that I have on the slide, Romans 8 verse 17 says, And if we are his children, then we are his heir. Hallelujah. You and I, we are the heir of God, and we are fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Hallelujah. Jesus is the firstborn. And the Bible says he came, he has paid the price on the cross of Calvary, and is now seated in the right hand of the Father. And the point here is, Jesus as the firstborn has also given us the right of firstborn. 
In other words, he has planted us in that position of firstborn. Hallelujah. In other words, he has planted you and I in that position where we can claim double portion. Hallelujah. In other words, Jesus, God has given us this will and in this will is your name written on it. So when you read the Bible, you should be looking at the Bible, not just from a place of it was written by the apostles, it was written by Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. No, the Bible is written but it's written with your name on it. Hallelujah. You can make a claim on everything that God has belongs to you. Hallelujah. Every good thing that belongs to God belongs to you. Every provision that God has also belongs to you. Hallelujah. The blessings of the firstborn is not just for the outsider. Do you no longer see yourself as somebody who is just feeding from the crumbs of the table? You no longer see yourself as just a slave. No, we are all heirs of the kingdom. Hallelujah. God has given us everything that we need. And when you read Romans 8, 29, it says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be what? To become conformed to the image of his son. Why? That we might be the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, double portion is not for a selected few. Hallelujah. You can enjoy the provision of God. You can enjoy the full abundance of the kingdom. So when you look at the Bible and you see how God used people like Elijah, like Elisha, how God... Um, Abraham, the father of many nations, that same blessing and much more can be yours. Hallelujah. Because that is what God has created us to be. And when you look at Acts of the Apostles 20 verse 32, it says, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. We are all children of the promise. Hallelujah. So when you on your private place or in your homes and you're, you're praying, you are not praying from the place of ill understanding. No. You are praying from a place of understanding that it is a will of God to give us the keys of the kingdom. Hallelujah. It is a will of God to use us for his mighty glory. Why? Because we are his firstborn. Why? Because he wants us to have this double portion. He wants us that even while you're there and you are celebrating the celebrities, you say, oh, it's Cristiano Ronaldo, it's the Kim Kardashian. Whatever is out there in the world, God even have much more. The Bible says even cattle in a thousand hills belong to the Lord. Hallelujah. And you and I, we can make claim on the provision of God. We can make claim on that which God has and that which God is about to do. And I pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. And the anchor scripture we read, it says, God is taking away shame. I don't know any shame that you may have, may have been mistakes. I mean, we, we've made a lot. Hallelujah. We make mistakes. It could be failures. It could be even the shame of looking at your bank account, for example. It could be the shame of broken marriage. It could even be shame could be pain of yesteryear. And God is saying, I don't want you to dwell on those. Why? Because I'm restoring you back to your original place. I'm restoring you back to your original identity. I'm restoring you back to the original image, the original intention that I had for you at the beginning of creation. And Hebrews 12 verse 2 said, all you have to do, and we've heard this scripture a lot this morning, is to look unto Jesus. Why? He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Jesus has only gone and done it. 
He's seen it all. He has bare all shame. Even the shame that you think you, you have or the shame that you will have tomorrow. He has bare all shame. He has paid all price. And he's saying, all you have to enjoy in this season is to inherit this double portion. Double portion of what? Double portion of endless joy. Hallelujah. And everlasting bliss. So if you're asking the question, what is God actually restoring? What is God actually giving me? What is embedded within this double portion package? Number one, he's restoring us to our rightful place. Hallelujah. He wants us to see ourselves as he sees us. He doesn't want us to see ourselves from the place of failure or from the place of past mistakes. No, he wants us to take our rightful place. And when we think, when we make actions, when we make life choices, it should be from the place of understanding that we have been created in the image of God and that whatever belongs to God belongs to us and we can enjoy heaven on earth. It's not that, oh, all we're doing is to make ourselves perfect for heaven. No, we can enjoy heaven on earth. And he's saying, just look on me. John 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branch. All you have to do is to remain in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. Not just a fruit, much fruits. Fruits of joy, fruits of peace. Fruits of gladness, hallelujah. He said he want to restore the joy of our salvation. Psalm 51 verse 12 said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain. What is the joy of salvation? Why is joy of the salvation so important to us? This is not just being happy. This is not just being excited. It is a joy that fills our heart, knowing that we have a God that loves us. Grace, unmerited favor. It's a joy that fills our heart that even though people may not care for us, even though we may not have anyone that loves us, we have a father that loves us. And that should create and stimulate joy in our heart. Hallelujah. We are joyful not from the place of what we have or what we can't afford. We are joyful because we have a God within us who owns everything. The Bible says we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. That should be that joy. And that is what God wants to restore. He wants to restore our soul for everlasting relationship with him. We are created for relationship. We are not created to be alone. No, we are created for everlasting fellowship with God. He wants to hear your voice. He wants you to be closer to him. Hallelujah. He wants you to get to a place where you enjoy the presence of God. You are able to read the Bible. Not from the place of compulsion or somebody is forcing you to do it. No, from the place of genuine love. Why? Because we need him to grow. We need him to live. Hallelujah. We need him for nourishment. Psalm chapter 1 said, those who are planted, he said we shall be like a tree that is planted. For a tree to continue to grow, the tree must get nourishment. And God is saying, I want to restore you to that place of relationship. And the last point there from the uh, Isaiah 61 is, he wants to restore whatever the enemy might have destroyed. Whatever the enemy might have stolen, perhaps the enemy has stolen hurt. John 10, 10 said, the thief cometh no but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you and I may have life. And do what? And to have the life more abundantly. Perhaps you may have lost time. Perhaps you may have lost friends. You know, at times we often say here yeah, that if you've lost anything, 
It is by the grace of God that you have not lost it all. Hallelujah. It is by the grace of God that we are where we are. Thank God that we have our soul. Thank God that we have the salvation of our soul. And God wants to restore. Perhaps you, you may say oh, you have lost time, but God has his own timing for your life. And he wants to do that mighty things in your life. He wants to put that mighty testimony in your life. And all you have to do is say, look unto Jesus. Hallelujah. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't lose focus on Jesus. And it will come true for us in the name of Jesus. What should be our attitude even as we transition through this month to enjoy double honor? God is saying, let go of the old. Let go of the past. Second Corinthians 5 verse 17 said, if anyone is in Christ, we are all new creation. The old is gone. All things have become new. All things have become new. What are we still holding on to? Perhaps it's the mistake of yesteryear. Perhaps it's the failures of yesteryear. Perhaps it's those old habits that won't just let go. God is saying for you to enjoy this provision. Remember, it's not from the place of human effort. It is unmerited favor. But he wants you to let go of the past. He wants you to let go of the old baggages so that he can come in. You know, he said in Revelation, he said, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. If you open, I want to come in. I want to have fellowship. I want to have a good time with you. Hallelujah. I want to refine your life. I want to align you in the way that should go. You know, change is expensive. Hallelujah. And for real change to happen, something has to change. Something has to go. Hallelujah. It's like you want to, you have a bottle of water and you have some, some liquid on it. If you want to replace that with some juice, then you have to pour out the water. Something has to go. And the word of God is saying for us to enjoy this full package of what God has for us. He said, let go of the past. Hallelujah. The next thing is he wants us to move to a place of transformation. For those who understand um, a, a bit of biology, you'll be intrigued on how the caterpillar transition from being a caterpillar to being a butterfly. It's a pruning process. But Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, do not be conformed to this world anymore. But we should plant ourselves in that place where we are daily renewed, where we are daily prone, where we are daily challenged, where the word of God continues to align us. Real change will come as a process. And I think our sister mentioned it. And that is what God is saying. Trust in the process that God is going, taking you through. For a goal to be gold, it has to go through a refining process. At times, the refining process may not be ideal. At times, it may not be comfortable. So, for example, the workers, you have to be here by 10 o'clock. But see it as a, as, a, as a building process. Even for those who are at the university, you have to wake up in the morning to attend lecture. It's a part of the process. And most times, the process is much more important than the destination. Hallelujah. Because in the process, you will learn so much about yourself. In the process, you will learn so much about God. In the process, you will learn so much about what God is doing and how he's using you to transform life. Because the point is, he wants to transform us for transformation so that we in turn can be vessels to transform others. Hallelujah. So even in this month of double portion, God is saying, Get yourself to the place of transformation. What is embedded in this package of transformation? You should be able to discern what we call discernment. The Bible says of the sons of Issachar, they had understanding of the time. 
Know where you are. Know what God is speaking to you. Let your spiritual ears be attentive to the word of the Lord. To discern where you are. Have that spirit of discernment within you. At times it could be God is telling you, there is a need for you to change where you are. Change that position. Change that relationship. Change that job. Hear from God. Because the truth of the matter is God is always speaking. Hallelujah. God is always speaking. And all we have to do is to tune our ears to the frequency of God. Even in the deepest of pit, in the deepest of, of difficulties, in the darkest of night, the voice of God is still there. Hallelujah. In the brightest of morning, in the most celebratory of victories, the voice of God is still present. Hallelujah. Always hear the word of the Lord. Let your spirit be always be attentive to hear from God. And that is why, like Dr. Shola mentioned, when you wake up in the morning, what is the first, the first voice that you hear? Hallelujah. Before you go to bed at night, what is the first voice that you hear? For us to be transformed, for us to grow into this fullness of the perfect image of Christ, we have to be able to, to discern what God is saying part time. And to embrace adoption, which I've talked on, we are all firstborn of the kingdom. In the will of God, our name is included. But a will sitting on the shelf or sitting with a lawyer is just a will. We have to make claim on it. Hallelujah. Make claim on that which God has made available. And God wants us in this season to live a life of renewal. Be daily renewed. You know, um, Paul said to Timothy, he said, study to show yourself approved. A workman, a Christian that needs not to be ashamed. But every day you are dividing the word of, the, of truth. You are being renewed. You are being refined. Because at times the word of the Lord will come to correct. At times the word of the Lord will come to challenge. At times the word of the Lord will come to complement what we do. But our life should always be renewed. Just like a caterpillar in this season of transformation until it becomes a butterfly. And people say, oh, this is a beautiful butterfly. And the truth of the matter is, the, the, the butterfly wasn't butterfly today. It came through a journey. And the last point, even as I conclude, God wants us to engage. Hallelujah. Engage. Hallelujah. Engage. A place of occupation. Engage. Take hold. Grab. Grabs. That which God is doing. Engage in every season. You know, we often say it here as well that opportunities always come. But most times when opportunity comes, they don't meet preparation. Every time God is working, every time God is doing something new, he wants you to be proactive. He wants you to engage in what he's doing and to take hold. Just like he said through Zechariah, he said, I'm bringing double portion. Proclaim it. Take hold of it for your family, for your life, for your destiny. Take hold of what God, God is doing and let that reflect in your overall posture, in your overall appearance, in how you live your life, in how you speak, even in the, in the relationships or the networks that you keep. And I pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Man, let's bow our head even as we, we, we pray. It's our month of double portion. And God is saying there's so much more that I want to do in this season. There's so much more that I want to do in your life. There's so much more I want to do in your family. There's so much more I want to do in your destiny. You think you've seen it all, but I'm doing much more. I'm doing something much more. But I want you to engage in the process. It's not, this is no longer time to be conflicting between, am I for God or not for God? No. 
God is saying, I want to come in, I want to take charge, and I want to take you through this transition process, this process of transformation. I want to take you to a place where you can hear from me. The Bible says you will hear this distinct voice saying, this is the way it walked therein. God has made so much available for us, but he wants us to engage in that which he's doing. He wants us to engage, to take claim and, and make hold of that which he has made available. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, oh God, your word has come to empower us. Your word has come to refine us. Your word has come to make us better Christians. And we pray in the name of Jesus, Empower also God to engage with that which you're doing. Empower also God to engage with the process in the name of Jesus. Empower also God to take our rightful place as firstborns of the kingdom in the name of Jesus. That that which Christ has made available, we enjoy it to the fullest in the name of Jesus. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 said, It is for freedom Christ has made us free. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. That we will live in absolute freedom. We will live, oh God, in this absolute reality of that which you've done and that which you have made available in the name of Jesus. That your name will be glorified. Blessed be your name, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Perhaps you're watching us online. Perhaps you are here in church and you want to make the Lord Jesus your Lord and personal Savior. Why not just pray with us this Sunday afternoon and say, Father, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I surrender my life to you. And I pray in the name of Jesus, O oh God, that you help me, O oh God, to walk in this new creation reality. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you've said that prayer, there should be um, an email on your screen. Um, and if you are here in person, do have a word with us. We want to give you um, resources to empower and to encourage your Christian growth. And the Lord will bless you richly in Jesus' name. Amen.